Welcome back to the Zero to Hear podcast. On today's episode, uh, good friend, and we welcome him back to the podcast, Evan Moore. He is uh, one of the owners at Fit First, a athletic shoe store in Burnaby, British Columbia. Retail has absolutely been hit very hard by COVID-19, so very interesting to hear Evan's perspective, how the store has been affected, and some really creative, unique ways that they're adapting to keep their business going and keep connections with their clients right now. Have a listen. We'd love your feedback. Leave us a review. Shoot me a DM. Love you guys. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the show. Ev, thanks so much for jumping on here quickly with us today. It is strange times in Canada, throughout the world right now. Businesses, running businesses is adjusting daily, it seems like. So very excited to kind of hear your experience with the store and what you guys are doing differently the last few weeks and just kind of share your experience. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for giving me a shout and touching base. Um it's it's crazy times like it's insane yeah. um i know we i always kind of had a bit of the mantra in my in the back of my mind change or die and this was from the second we opened the store it was kind of change or die and now it is literally you got to adapt um and and figure it out sort of thing and i think it's it's interesting and scary and fun to see people um finding ways to adapt in, in a whole bunch of different industries and businesses and things and lifestyles. Totally. That's one of the really like positive things I'm taking away so far in the last few weeks is just like how creative and resilient a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners have been in the last uh, month or so. Yeah. It's funny to see when you, um, you're, you're forced to, to figure it out how, how amazing people can, can kind of adapt and, and make it work sort of thing. Hundred percent. Your industry, mm-hmm. even just like retail storefront yeah. businesses in general, have been affected like the most, if like, or, or close to the top of that list yeah. in terms of like how how much they've been affected in the last month. But sure. what are some of the things you guys are are doing to adapting? Yeah. So, so we we closed our store um, on I want to say it's March seventeenth. Uh, we did it probably a little bit earlier than most of our competitors because we, you know what, to be honest, we felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, more and more announcements coming out and things are changing. And and our business as a sit and fit shoe store, running shoe store, mm-hmm. is super interactive, super personable, a lot of, um, you know, close interaction and talking and touching and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we, once we kind of made that decision, it pretty quickly switch to, okay, so what happens now or what, um, what do we, what do we do from here? And, and initially it was like, okay, we'll close for two weeks and, um, you know, and then we'll kind of see how it goes. And now, now we switch those plans to, to two months and, and are kind of just accepting that, that best case scenario is June. And if anything else comes earlier, it's, it's great. And, if it's later, then we shouldn't be too surprised sort of thing. Um, so with that, we, we, a few things we heading into this weren't exactly the 
most active, most um, putting a lot of time and energy into uh, the omni-channel or the the digital, the online store, the, that sort of thing. Um, and so since then, we've obviously stepped that up. Our, our newsletter goes out twice a week. Um, that initially started explaining, you know, what the status of our business was, how to interact with us, are we open, are we not? And it's now got into blog posts, uh, video content, um, virtual shoe fitting, and trying to just bring value. And okay, you get it. We wipe down surfaces. We keep distance if you come by for a curbside pickup. We ship for free. You've seen that email about 7 million times now. And so we've tried <laughs> to switch, switch the messaging to, you know, this is life and, and here's, here's some cool things to think about. Hey, you're at home, chilling out. Check out this video, that sort of thing. Um, and we've got really great response um, to it. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool to think about those other businesses or a bunch of the industries or businesses out there who in a situation like this are thriving and, and are not abusing it, but, but capitalize capitalizing. So we linked up with a, a third party host who can kind of go in between, uh, our website and our POS system. And, um, we'll be rolling out our, our new online store, uh, in the next couple of days here, uh, which is really exciting. So we're, we're confident and, and kind of having fun with it and, um, trying to stay positive as you can probably hear in my voice. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I think we'll come out of this stronger than we went, than we were heading in. Um, and, and kind of become comfortable with a mode of communication that we aren't, um, but are forced to be, be comfortable doing now and kind of continue that on, uh, heading into when life gets back to normal, whenever or whatever normal is. Totally. That, I mean, like Mm. that's the goal right there. And I think that's important to address is for us in real estate, it's, I'm sure it's the same in retail. We have like very, very busy seasons and then like Mm -hmm. much, much more mellow seasons. So in those slow seasons for us, which is like November, December, January, our goal going into Mm -hmm. them and like, we always have this conversation of like, how do we make our business better for February to July? And so going into those slow seasons, we always have like a list of a few things, whether it's like improving systems, efficiency, presentation, like whatever it is, but how do we improve those few things so that we're better next year than we were this year? So like, but the goal for any slow season is, is exactly that of like, how do we improve? How do we, how do we make our business more efficient? How do we, you know, how do we potentially find more clients or what, whatever those goals yeah. may be? So it's cool that you say that is just like, I feel like our business will be stronger when we get out of this than it was before yeah. or going into it. Right. I think that's really yeah, cool. And, Go ahead. And then to throw a question back to you, I guess it, it is because we're definitely pretty seasonal and have like the ramp up to spring running season, weather's changing. Um, people are coming out of their houses and Hey, dusting off the running shoes and or signed up for that 10 K that everybody's run once in their life. Um, and and then we have the the downtime in the October, November, pre Christmas, save my money sort of thing. Um, have you guys, is your approach been, and this is, I guess, completely separate from our current situation, but has your approach been, Hey, let's take that time to recuperate, regenerate, think re-energize think of new ideas for busy season or do you spend a lot of time how do we make how do we churn up business in this dead time 
It's definitely both. So like any, because our business is like so up and down, when it's good, you got to take advantage of it. And it's like six days a week. Totally. So when there's a natural slow period that you have no control over, like Christmas time, like Mm -hmm. COVID-19, like we have no control (laughs) over that stuff. So yeah, for sure. Like for me personally, I try to enjoy it a bit, like Mm. have more free time. I'm not really pulling out my computer at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And right now I'm going to, you know, hang out, watch Netflix, make some food, have a beer and then recoup tomorrow morning, whatever. So definitely I, there is some level of like, enjoy, like kind of take it as a bit of a mental relaxation break. But at the same time, there's definitely a list of things that we want to improve on for when we get out of this because like talking about real estate could be the same with retail too is just like when this is over if it's in 60 days or whatever and and life goes back to normal and people are out and about again i think the real estate activity is going to be ridiculous like i I think it's gonna i think for us it's more just like we're prolonging the spring market usually like January, February, early March were very, very, very active. And I think Mm -hmm. for us, it's kind of just been put on pause. And if everything goes back to normal in June, July, I think we just have a crazy busy summer. So it's more like for us, enjoy a couple months of like mellowness um, while working on some things that can absolutely improve in our business because busy time is still approaching. It'll hit. Yeah, exactly. I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's that's sort of our approach or our assumption as well. Although it's kind of funny. How many people are, have told me or reached out to the store, like have never run before, but if they feel like that's their only mode of activity now. And how many people totally. are I see running in like, oh my God, like Skechers and, and like casual shoes and just slogging out a run. And I love to see people doing that, but you're also like five more runs and guarantee they're going to start Googling I need running shoes or that sort of thing. 100%. Even it's pretty, it's actually, I was thinking about you today. I still run like four or five days a week and I was out today on a run and it's, it was what Friday at 11 AM or 10 AM or whatever time I went today. Usually that time of day when I run there, I see one person maybe out running. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just running Mm -hmm. residential streets. So there's not many people out usually on a work day. But there was like, I probably ran past like 20, 20 people. Yeah. So I'm thinking in my yeah. head like, oh, at least it seems like more people are actually being active, which is a really cool thing, which is maybe uh, a benefit or an opportunity for a store like Fit First. Yeah, yeah, no question. And that's what we're trying to to keep in mind and remember and sort of, sort of market kind of like the, hey, are you running for the first time in a long time? Or did that finally... Uh, uh, your husband or wife convince you, yeah, your mode of activity now is for a, a long walk or a run sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's kind of funny and interesting to, to see. Um, and yeah, we're, we, we even started because we're so focused on, like I mentioned at the start, sit and fit. Well, like we yeah. are hundred percent dedicated to servicing or shoe fitters, not shoe fetchers. We don't, what color do you want? What size are you? Let me go grab it from the back. And my job is to walk it out to you and, and hand it to you. No, our whole approach is um, 
is getting to know you, interacting with you, learning about your needs, your goals, and then making suggestions based on that and based on your feedback as we try things on. And hopefully the color um, and the look and the, the brand lines up with your taste sort of thing. But our whole approach is let's get the best running shoe possible for you, um, for your needs, and, and kind of go from there. So the whole push to you know sight unseen, click and buy, you know, trust us, it'll fit or that sort of thing feels awkward or is against our general message. Um, so we started, I had my first, uh, first three or four today, uh, virtual shoe fitting, um, yeah. through, a, a booking pro online booking program, book an appointment and zoom call. Um, and yeah, it, it's been pretty cool. We're watching people walk online. We're uh, looking at the bottom of their shoes that they have at home based on wear pattern, making suggestions and, and trying to come out of it with either a winner or maybe one or two in which they'll pop by curbside, try them both on from a distance and make the choice sort of thing. So um, we're still finding ways to, to, to service at a high level and, and properly fit people for, for that rather than just, like I said, that click and buy, which we've always been timid or kind of not believers in. So this is something really cool that I obviously wanted to chat with you about. And just like, this is the definition of business owners being creative, thinking outside the box. How can we still provide this service just through a different channel? And so it's super cool. So um, first of all, like how did this idea even come up? And then second of all, like, how do you get people to buy into to this type of service? Like usually it's very hands-on, it's in the store, they're trying on 10 different pairs of shoes, you're watching them walk. How do you like shift that online? And then how do you get people to set up Zoom calls and then try on their shoes, watch them walk, and then select, like how did that even come about? Yeah, yeah, so um, definitely like we're, we, as you know, we're a store that heading into this, we didn't have an online store and, and mm -hmm. you know, had a website that described us and uh, was really a landing page and push people to either come in or call us or email us sort of thing. Um, so I have to think that the first sort of mention of it was my New Balance rep. It's great to have really re reliable um, and supportive and friendly and, and like close sort of tight knit vendors who are supporting us as a store. Um, and who care about this, the small accounts um, or the, the mom and pa stores we'll, we'll label ourselves as. And our New Balance rep kind of, I was chatting with him and we're going, it's crazy. And yeah, how, how are we doing? Let me know if I can help you in any way. And he said, he kind of floated the like, yeah, I mean, maybe it'll get to like virtual shoe fits, you know, sort of thing. And this is back late March, uh, third, fourth week of March. And I kind of planted the seed and I thought more and more and I was like, I mean, this is, I'm looking for things to get into our newsletter, value some conversation to spark or start with people. And, um, and so kind of found a Calendly link and, and kind of sniffed out those, uh, different small businesses like a zoom and, a um, an online booking platform that synced together and, and made it work from there. Now, in terms of the, the process or the virtual fitting process, it's definitely a work work in progress. Um, uh, it's really neat to be a part of a, a industry that is a pretty tight knit community. I've I've linked up with a lot of Canadian small local retailers, very similar to myself, and and even a network in the states. Um, 
So we put that out on, I want to say Wednesday. And uh, that night I got an email from the American group, the uh, independent uh, running retailers of America, um, who I'm kind of on an email list with and said, hey, tomorrow join us for our Zoom call. We're talking virtual shoe fitting. And so I jumped on that and some people are doing you know, having people stand on a ruler or stand on eight and a half by 11 and trace their foot and that sort of thing. So I've tested that a little bit and found a, a conversion tool that changes measure, foot measurement to US shoe size. Um, so far, it's been, it's been a lot of people who, yeah, I've had, they're kind of loyal runners already. They're running in an ASICs and it's this size. I know my fit, but I, I need some help or adjustment or this one wasn't quite right sort of thing. But it's going to have to continue to evolve and improve and tinker. And and um, I think with the more that we do, the more we'll learn uh, and problem solve and, and kind of go from there. But yeah, getting people to uh, to walk you know away and toward their computer, show me their the bottom of their soles, talk through their needs. There's a lot of stuff that we do in the store that happens before a shoe is even pulled out to try on. Right. Um, and we go through a lot of that kind of filtering and taking our shoe wall that has 500 pairs models of shoes on it and slowly cutting it, cutting it, cutting it down to, you know, there's potentially five on here that suit your needs based on what you've told me, injuries, terrain, distance, um, that sort of thing. And, uh, and so far it's been, yeah, effective and fun and, and working. Um, but it'll be really great to see, you know, our calendar slowly building out next week and it'll be fun to see how each one, how much we can learn from it. What, so after the shoe fit, let's say you've narrowed it down to three to five pairs of shoes. How do they yeah. go about trying them on? Yeah. And, um, so, so we are open for, for curbside pickup. Um, if you've been, we're in Burnaby just off highway one at the 40th center, across from Bill Copeland Arena and, and in the Burnaby Lake area. Um, and uh, and so the the whole building is closed. There's nobody in there. I think when I'm there weekdays, I'm one of two people, one of three people in the whole building. Um, so we've set up a little shoe bench with hand sanitizer and wipes, and people can come in, put those shoes on, test, lace them up themselves, give them a walk, get outside, go for a little bit of a run and come back and then make their decision from there. Um, and, uh, and so that, that's worked really well. Other people are like, you know what, that was an awesome decision. I've heard of this shoe. That was the research I was already doing. The suggestion you make is the one I'm going to go for and click and buy and ship it to me or, or deliver it to me sort of thing. So it's gone two ways. And I completely understand that those people who aren't quite ready to say, okay, I'm going to buy this and throw... 150, 200 bucks. It's something I've never touched or laced up even. Um, so yeah, pop by the store, give it a try. Feels good. Okay. I'm good to go sort of thing. So that's, that's been the procedure and the protocol and it's working, but uh, you know, we're like with every update in terms of small business relief and staff relief and, uh, changes to, to just even just how we're supposed to or advised to interact. We're changing that daily hourly you know it's crazy totally can we go back to you said march 17th i think you said was the day that the mm -hmm. store like closed like for public for people to walk in yeah 
what do those conversations look like? I know there's a couple partners in in fit where fit yeah. in fit first. I know what my experience was like in the real estate world, just how we're adjusting our business. But like, what was those conversations like saying like, oh, I think this is, you know, going to be bigger than it is right now. I think we should take as much precaution as we can with like our staff, with public, et cetera. Because I know they're probably scary conversations for businesses talking about closing when you have a bunch of fixed costs like rent, like employee salaries, like all this stuff. So what do those look like for you guys? Yeah. So, so, um, our sort of, our, our collective is, it's actually myself, my dad, my dad and his business partner opened in ladies board in Kitsilano 30, this August will be 37 years ago. And, um, and so that store is still, uh, still in the same location and has a really awesome community out, out in Kitsilano. And, about six years ago, I kind of got into the fold coming out of university and opened Fit First. So we are two sort of brother-sister stores and work directly together, same ownership, just kind of two two brand names, let's call it. So there's the three of us kind of came together and said, you know, what's the game plan here? Um, what makes sense? And, and it, it's funny, it's actually my cousin who... Um, He's a an anesthesiologist at UBC, who's you know a really chill guy. He played basketball at UVic and um, level headed, really smart. Um, kind of sent me a text and said, "Hey, I kind of feel like it's it's um, uh, it's my responsibility to send a bit of a mass text out to my friends and family and just kind of give you an update on what I'm seeing and and expecting and experiencing." And he kind of gave a shit's real here. Like stay home, like don't go out. You've got to really think about this. And this was on the Monday or Tuesday. And we looked at that and we thought, all right, well, if I, and I think that's what a lot of people did was look at your, your circle, your friends, your family, your, your source of information that you can trust. And who's the expert in a field like this? And is that expert telling us to get off the front lines, stay away from public, stay away from people, stay home, you know, make, make the most of your Netflix subscription, subscription sort of thing. (laughs) And if he's saying that, then we got to listen. So that was a big factor. Um, to be honest was, was, you know, he, he's a part of, let's call it my team. And he, um, he's the team member who's most informed on this situation. So if he's going to give me that, I got to trust it and go with it. Um, and little things too, like the, the age of some of the age of some of our customers and population that we service are are older, and I think it was a a kind of um, protective mode there. Our staff we don't want to put into any danger um, without getting too far into it. Um, you know, my dad's sixty; our other owners late sixties. Um, so you know, that was especially a conversation around age and and how much it can affect. I'm actually immunocompromised as well. Um, so it was also like, do I really, if I can't really be at the store in front of people, how can I tell staff to go do it and I'll sit at home while they do it all sort of thing. So there was a lot there for sure. Um, and I think we're kind of proud and happy and we got a lot of some, initially some negative response of kind of really, and well, I was told I could come in and that sort of thing. And, and then, um, and then pretty quickly it switched to positive. You've done the right thing. You're ahead of the curve, that sort of thing. So 
It's, it's tough though. Like it's so tough. How do you, how do you say like, this is our, our one channel of business and this is what we've been doing for 37 years. And I think my dad and his partner could count on their hands how many times they've closed the store for snow for anything. And it, it was like two days in the 37 years that they closed without kind of planning it. Um, and here we are now three weeks in with, with our doors locked sort of thing. How did the business shift? Like I've talked to Jamie about this too, and it just mm -hmm. seems like the, for small business perspective, it seemed like the government announcements were just kind of backwards or kind of very late in terms of their initial offering for covering employee uh, salaries was 10%. So like yeah. as soon as that as soon as that was made, how many people got laid off, right? Because uh, business exactly. owners looking at like restaurants and like hospitality and retail are looking at well, I have to close. My sales are going to go from X to close to zero. How can I yeah. afford to pay people ninety percent of their pay like their paychecks? I have to lay them off. And then like a week later, they're like, oh no no no, sorry, we fucked up. We're going to give you seventy five percent of your employee salaries. Yeah. So was was that a conversation too of like how do we handle these layoffs? I know like from being uh, in a position of management in my dad's business, businesses and then like running yeah, a real estate yeah. business, the letting people go is never an easy conversation to have. But the conversation, like the conversation that I have with myself going into those meetings, is always this is for the betterment of the of the business long-term. This is going to serve mm -hmm. our other employees better long-term. This is going to serve mm -hmm. us as business owners better long-term. I've never fired someone or had to let someone go that I really loved working with or was a great employee or was like a huge uh -huh. asset to the business. Whereas yeah. a lot of people are having to do that now. Yeah. How did, yeah, how did those conversations go for you guys? Well, it was a mix of, of well, how long are we going to need to carry yeah. staff for? Hey, if it's only right. two to three weeks, then maybe, you know, we, or let's definitely do it. Whereas, and I think we looked at that 10% and said, okay, that doesn't help us at all. That basically yeah. Yeah. you could have announced zero and it would have been the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so like I said, it was 17th or 18th. So we made the decision and said, we're paying everybody for their scheduled hours to the end of the month. Um, so staff were really happy. And, and we did definitely in our decision was, was okay, this does pass in, Second week of April, maybe May 1st. Okay, sure, it's June. But when we, like you said earlier, when we open back up, I think people will be out and, and will be looking to um, to hit, you know, hit summer and, and get back to fitness and meet up for run groups and all of that sort of thing. So we can't, we need to respect our staff, treat them as well as we can. We care, care so much about them and we're going to need them again. And and if we, you know, kind of treat them like a little number and, okay, this is our bottom line and this is what you are to us and you've been deemed, you know, um, dispensable, we worried that they might not come back. And, and we are, again, being a service-based business, our staff go through so much and we ask so much from them um, that we, we value them big time. But then it eventually boils down to, okay, well, I need some food on my plate. And I need to, the store needs to stay alive and, and those tougher decisions need to be made. Um, mm. But but it's been tough, like even with the CERB option um, that a lot of people are being pushed either to EI or CERB depending on their situation. Um, 
we paid our staff as scheduled till the end of March. And now April 7th, 6th hit and CRB applications open. Well, look at this. You can't apply for CRB if you haven't been laid off for 14 days. So all of our staff now have to wait till the next wave of CRB applications. When in the end, if they potentially did some quick math and worked it out, they could have come out better by being let go when we decided to close, go 14 days with nothing and then jump into CRB right away sort of thing. So right. it's awkward, it's tough. And and it's, it's funny to watch these uh, PM updates uh, every morning and... Um, and it's tough not to critique and kind of say, well, you should have done this or should have done that. But I couldn't imagine it's such a tough position to to be in to kind of be like, okay, well, we'll give them 10%, that'll be enough and this will pass to, okay, crap, our economy is going to be affected slash let's forget about the economy and let's just stay healthy and get people through this sort of thing and totally. deal with it um, later. So, so those conversations are so tough and they're changing every second. And the amount of um, full staff emails that I typed up and it was like, okay, this looks good. We'll send it out tomorrow. And then we get the update in the morning and it's like, no, that's all garbage. And we have to retype the whole thing again. That happened two or three times because it was, again, always changing. And, and for us to, I found it even, I eventually found it funny of people saying, we're closed until April 7th. And then we'll reopen again. And you're like, why even put a date on it? We're closed for now. Yeah. Because yeah. who knows when this is going to, you know, free up sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Talking about so. the decision makings, that's an interesting point. We had uh, Aaron Mitchell on the podcast just talking about an education update and how teachers are responding and how they're trying to support kids through this time and that kind of thing. And one of the comments he made was, we're all looking to the principal to make decisions. We have to lower our expectations of those decisions. The principal's never been through anything like this before. Nothing remotely close. How can we expect them to make well-educated, good decisions? They're going to make mistakes. Yeah. They're going to have to go back on their word sometimes because of new information that we're learning every day. Like we have to understand that this is the unique situation nobody's ever been through before and mistakes are going to be made and they're going to have to be readdressed. Totally. So I thought that totally. was a good point to even just like, just put out there that, look, we're all trying to figure this out as we go. It's brand new, but we're going to make mistakes as we go. There, I mean, there's barely, there. there's not even the, you know, like, oh, well, my dad said back in the day when he went through this, this is what he did. No, nobody's been through something like this before. There were not, we have little to nothing to learn from or, or um, base decisions or kind of go off of here. So it's... um. Uh, you can't you can't blame these people who are put in pressure situations and have hours or days to make the best decision, and then the the hindsight twenty twenty of people looking back and be like, well, you should have said this on that day. And it's like, well, what information do we have at that time? What do we know, sort of thing. So totally, um, I think people have to be checked and and have to be called out on lack of action and poor decisions for sure. Um, but it kind of drives me nuts when when I hear those questions come in uh, to, to the prime minister of, of, you know, back on April 7th at 8.30, you said this and you know what, you should have said that. And it's kind of like, okay, come on, the guy's trying his, his best and um, uh, and is, is doing everything he can. I, I, at least I hope so and it seems so. 
um, and to try to make a decision is is so tough. Totally. And your and I decisions if, are affecting how many people, whereas his are affecting like <laughs> uh, what, 36 million people. So that's a good point to make, right? As a small business owner, we're struggling to make day-to-day decisions, managing yeah. whatever, 6, 12, 15, 30 people. He's, yeah. he's worried about 30, whatever it is, 35 million or whatever. Yeah. 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 What, um, this is a question I like asking people that are running businesses right now. What, what decisions have you made or ideas have you had that have either like been really good, beneficial to the business, working well thus far in the last few weeks versus like what has not? So like kind of what advice would you give small businesses like yours right now? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a good, it's a good question. A few things come to mind. Um, definitely we've had the most uptick to announcement of our tease of an online store, um, and our virtual shoe fitting. So two things that are, are directly correlated to what we do every day in the store and, and the messaging being, we're here for you. Um, and, and if you're needing any help, this is, we're a resource, we can be here for you sort of thing. We tried the, um, we tried to get into like, Hey, here's, here's a virtual bingo card, you know, tag us and scratch off the ones that you hit and it's 10 pushups and ran a new route and, um, you know, read a book and, and try to, you know, retag us and repost this. And that kind of, I think that kind of hit, um, there's so much of that out there and there's so many little fluff things that people sitting at home are like, okay, I'm not going to go and do the fit first bingo card. Sure. I run with them and I, I run at their run clinic and, uh, I have a lot of fun on Sundays and Wednesdays with them, but you know, I, they're, they're not my source of only source of exercise or entertainment or that sort of thing. So sticking to true to, to what you are and why people know you and interact with you, I think is pretty important and not trying to, throw fluff like again first thing our emails had you know six different links here's a blog and here's a picture and here's a a video and hey there's a new shoe here and and we've gotten a lot better response to the one message virtual shoe fitting here it is or here's a video on a shoe debate that we hosted last month here it is Uh, and all things that people went to us for went to us initially when life was normal and, and kind of enhance and deliver and find a way to communicate that and deliver it on a digital sort of platform, as opposed to trying to pivot or, or trying to say, hey, let's, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? The way I'm saying it is like, let's do totally. this. And hey, you know, we, we're all together and, and that sort of stuff. So I, I, I found people have tuned out. We've got more, say, unsubscribes or less response to those fluff-based emails of, oh man, these times are crazy, that sort of thing. And I think we've pushed our messaging away from how much we wipe surfaces down and thank you and hope everything is good for you and blah, 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 to like, okay, this is life, we're doing it. Thanks for doing your part. Seven o'clock, get out there, bang the drum. And here's, we're still delivering what you came to us for when last month or three weeks ago, sort of thing. Totally. When does the online store uh, open up? Yeah, so we, we have it live. We've snuck it out on a couple of our posts, um, but it, it's t- 
taking, it's not an easy thing and, and it was a two week turnaround, but so there's a lot of tinkering still to be done, but technically it's out there. It's, it's in our posts, um, and, and kind of linked to on our site. Um, and so we've got a couple come in, but, but not a lot. And, and as it perfects and gets a little bit cleaner and, and better, um, just the way some of the products are displaying and descriptions and images, um, aren't quite perfect, but as that perfects, we'll, we'll be pushing and banging the drum pretty hard. Um, otherwise just calling the, the store, emailing anytime. Do you have any of those there. gray crew necks left? No, they sold out. Those yeah, are so sweet. That was, that was a win to have something that was like, Hey, stay home, be cozy and rep your favorite run club. Um, mm. was, was pretty awesome to see the response and, and love that people showed. Um, and like, here's an easy way to support us while, while I was still figuring out how to, um, yeah, how to create an online store. And, and I'm pretty familiar with MailChimp, but now I, I'm really tight to MailChimp. So are you going to get more of those great crew necks? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, and now it's like, okay, so should we replenish any stock or should we just sell what we have and don't buy anything? Cause bills are paying right. pay, like payables right. are coming sort of thing. So to be honest, um, no immediate plans to replenish that great crew neck. Maybe I'll build up some more hype and uh, desire or uh, demand for it before we push it out again. Hmm. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Disappointed, but I'll be your first buyer <laughs> hey, when you get them back. The link was there, man. The link was there. You could have hit it. I know. I fucked, I fucked up. Yeah. yeah I, so obviously, like visiting online store and booking a virtual shoe fitting ways to support you guys but is there anything outside of those like financial commitments that public consumers that love your brand can do in a time like this to support businesses like you guys yeah that's i mean that's a a question it's the softball that's floating right up and i'm looking at it. i'm going to hit this one out of the park here but and this is something that people should be doing it's a tap in people should be doing for any small business, any, I mean, let's be real, any business that they're loving and want to uh, survive this or, or thrive through it is, is sure there's the, the buy the shoe, the sweater, the gift card. Those are all great, but so many people's income is uncertain and, um, and their investments are, are tanking and all those things. So an easy uh, review on Facebook, on Google, um, uh, is huge right now to say, to just put a, a review, an honest review of, of what you, your experience has been and, and how you, uh, have enjoyed interacting with a store or a business or a realtor or anything is, is massive. So I, I'd start with that, that Google review, um, means so much. I've had a couple come in and I know that person hasn't shopped with me for months, but to see somebody be like, hey, I'm thinking about you and here's a review is as useful as kind of warms your heart as much as a shoe purchase for sure. Um, and and telling friends and kind of saying, hey, you need some or hey, I saw you're running more or that sort of thing. Um, spreading the word and keeping it in mind. I, I uh, um, It's so funny. I've gotten harped by my wife so hard, but she's done a bit of online shopping and my online shopping was was I, I bought $50 worth of gelato off uh, Uno Gelato, um, Patty Mahoney. Because, yes. um, yeah. yeah, I was like, this is amazing and, and left him a review and stuff. So, um, yeah, doing what you can, leaving a review, telling a friend, 
um, is huge and makes a huge difference and does not go overlooked. I'm sure any small business, um, medium-sized business, even a restaurant who's fully closed and can't do anything, leave that review and say, hey, I loved their yam fries or whatever sort of thing. It's really important. 100% I agree. Yeah. Okay, last thing I'm going to leave you with and then you're going, you can uh, take off. What are you enjoying most about self-isolation outside of outside of work stuff, outside of being a, adjusting to the new way of business? Anything specific that you're enjoying most? Because for me, it's that I'm getting to cook more. I'm actually yeah. having a lot of fun cooking. <laughs> that, yeah, I've seen some of your posts. Those Brussels sprouts look pretty good the other day. Dude, I just brought some more Brussels sprouts today. They're coming back. I mean, you're kind of cheating because you, you're putting bacon in there. But um, What do you mean cheating? But that's, I mean, put bacon on anything, dude. And it's like, but anyways, that's that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely, I mean, the ability to get out for midday runs and, um, and, and I feel like I'm running a lot right now, which is nice. Uh, mmm. But number one, I have to say is how happy my dog is. She's lying next to me, like passed out. And usually it's like I'm home at six or seven and she's bonkers and we have to get get out and do something. But she's like, can barely keep up. And she is the dog that I thought I I was going to have and is chill and relaxed and, and going for walks and having fun rather than this hyped up dog that is waiting for me to come home every night. Um, so to see, to spend more time with, with Laura and my wife and, and, uh, hang out with the dog and stuff has been, has been a win. It's been, you you struggle to find those little wins or, or you feel guilty when you're kind of like, huh, this was kind of a nice day. I didn't really do a whole lot. And I went for a walk and, and did all those things that I probably would have done on a normal day off uh, on those few day offs that I do have sort of thing. Um, so it's trying to not feel guilty for those wins, which is, is difficult to kind of do. I'm sure you're kind of feeling the same way, not pulling out the laptop at nine or, or working, working, working guilt creeps in a little bit, but then eventually you got to tell yourself like, all right, no, this is it. This is how we're doing it. And this is, I got to enjoy it sort of thing. Totally. One of the first things Jamie told me in our first off season, which was, I think I got real, uh, real estate license in like March. So I was like in the middle of busy season. And then July, August comes and it slows down quite a bit. Mm. And I'm obviously very anxious. I haven't sold many properties. My income is very low. I'm like trying to get by. He's like, dude, you got to just enjoy the slower times. He's like, you don't know when they're coming. Usually it's pretty cyclical towards Christmas, whatever. It slows down quite a bit. You have to enjoy it because the busy season is crazy. And so like... uh, That line that he said to me has always kind of replayed in my head. And when... Uh, self-isolation kind of stuff came in a few weeks ago. That's what I kind of relayed in my head. It was just like, yes, I know there's some things about our business that we can improve on, but at the same time, let's try to enjoy this slower period as much as we can. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And boy, you're probably looking at him like, dude, I don't care what you say is slow time. I'm working my ass off because I need some money. He's not going to take somebody out on a date or whatever it is. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, definitely. I think, and I think people are kind of the accepting acceptance is, is settling in a little bit and it's, um, and even on customers kind of like, Hey, yo, you're tomorrow's fine. That sort of stuff. So yeah, totally. 
Beautiful, man. Thank you very, very much for sitting down with us. Well, not sitting down with us, sitting on your sofa. I'm sitting on my sofa (laughs) connecting. Uh, Great to hear from you guys. Glad to see how much your business is adjusting. It's really cool to see people like you just taking this as an opportunity to improve. Very, very cool. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks so much for reaching out and and doing this. I I love hopping on and chatting with you. And um, definitely next time, if you want me to open my patio door, I will. And maybe it'll 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 be a little bit better with just Main Street traffic going by you, sort of thing. So these strange characters that are out and about on Main right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> screaming and yelling. They haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll uh, we'll chat again soon. I'm sure. Yeah, sounds good. Love you, man. <laughs>